This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really going to have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. With bills to pay and debt piling up, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. Personal loans through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track financially if eligible. Our secure application process allows you to customize the terms that work for you and your budget. So check your eligibility today without affecting your credit score and help get your finances back on track. NetCredit, a more personal, personal loan. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com partners for more information. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast, edition number three of the 2022-23 season. Joining myself, Omer, is my regular co-host, Mr. Mickey Simpson. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. You all right? I'm all good. Look at you all branded out with your nice cap, mate. Uh, yeah, see, some of us are special. Not that well, sort of special, but yeah, some of us are special. <laughs> I was wondering where I was going, Dad. I, was, I did dig you out earlier, because where's my cap? And obviously, yeah, you, yeah. Sort, you sort yourself you, out. You've got one coming, right? You no, yeah. you got one going. Do you know what? Those of you who are watching on YouTube, yeah, just so you're aware, yeah, that Kai is watching cricket. He's not got an imaginary friend he's talking to. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll bring Kai into the show. Hello, mate. Nice bucket cap, mate. You all right? Yes, mate. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not bad, Tar. And um, completing the foursome today, we've got Joe Zampa. Hello, mate. You good? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, I thought today's show, guys, obviously we'll talk a bit about the signing of Charlie Cresswell. We'll also talk a bit about the cancellation of the preseason friendly against Watford. 
And we'll also discuss some general news and some transfer rumours and obviously weigh in of our opinions on the pre-season friendlies coming up, which are only a few days away now. So without further ado, we'll get into the first part of the show. If you're new around here, be sure to like the video, subscribe if you're new. And if you listen on audio, obviously leave us a review. It pre- we appreciate that and it helps us out a lot. So we'll go to the first part of the show now. All right. First part of the show, chaps. I think we'll go straight into it and talk about Charlie Cresswell joining on loan from Leeds United for the season. Kai, we got him. Happy about it? Absolutely buzzing. Um, you know, after missed out on Ballard, it was really important we, we moved quickly for a centre-back. Uh, Cresswell, I think, fits the bill. Um, really good player. And I'd argue that perhaps, you know, even though we, we all wanted Daniel Ballard back, and it would have been lovely to have him on 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 our own, you know, permanent deal, our, our own player as such, um, to be able to grow for the future. But I'd say that Cresswell probably has that same um, calibre about him. England 21, um, I know, you know, it's not easy to play England 21 football. So for him to play it with the top players that he plays with um, shows his experience, shows his uh, class and quality. So, yeah, I think he's really good. <coughs> Agreed, mate. I think it'd be an interesting yeah. sign. Obviously, England and 21 international as well. Uh, Joe, obviously, he played five times in the Premier League last season as well, mate. And obviously, 19 years of age, turns 20 next month as it goes, because I'm checking his Wikipedia profile. Six foot three as well, mate. A bit of a brute. Uh, do you agree with Kai with what you're saying about obviously signing him instead of Ballard? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, at the time before he was mentioned, I was a bit gutted that we couldn't re-sign Daniel Ballard, even if we got him for another year's, year's loan, um, a perm would have been better. Um, but having a look at this guy, looking at some of the highlights, reels, um, hearing what Leeds fans say about him, even listening to him on, on his interview, I mean, he talks about being aggressive, you know, very, very determined as a player. Um, he seems like a better ball player than Ballard does. I, I've seen him kind of get forward quite often. He's quite adventurous. Um, I think he'd be a massive hit uh, down the day, and I'm really looking forward to um, seeing him play. And I reckon he will play a big part. Yeah, you know, I can't see him being a, a backup or, or, or a sort of, you know, a, a substitute to um, to say Hutch, you know, Murray and um, and Coops. I, I see him really staking a claim uh, as a starting place as Ballard did. I think it's an interesting point that, and I think obviously Premier League clubs tend to have not a, well, some of them have it written in their contracts that they've got to play a certain percentage of games. I can't see it being a thing with a 19-year-old first loan move there, Joe, but it's going to be interesting. Obviously, we're quite excited and there's a lot of hype around him, but we've got to remember at the same time, he's 19 years old and it's his first loan move, I suppose, into professional football. I mean, he's played five games in the Premier League last season, which will undoubtedly serve him well, but I suppose we've got to be a bit kind of cautious, but obviously at the same time, hope he gets the opportunity and takes it, I guess. Well, I mean, I spoke to um, a Leeds fan um, yesterday, fair enough. I was, I was working, I work in recruitment. I just talked to a candidate who's actually a Leeds fan. He's working in London at the moment. <clears throat> and he apologised as we're talking. Oh, I'm actually from Leeds. I'm a Leeds United supporter. I said, well, I have to apologise. Well, I'm a Mill supporter. So it's quite funny, actually. We all kind of, you know, laugh. He goes, oh, you've got, you got our player, um, you know, Chai Cresswell. And he goes, yeah, I can't believe they let him go. And he was really surprised because he's actually a season ticket holder. He lives in London and travels for all the home games up, up in uh, Yorkshire. And um, he just said what, what a you know, great player he is. And they're really hoping that next season he'll push on and get more first-team football there. So he was quite surprised that Leeds actually let him go. But then, you know, like that way he puts it, I guess, is lots of players have come to Mill before on loan, done very, very well. Um, Ballard being one, I guess. And, and, have, and have improved um, tremendously. So I guess Leeds are thinking the same thing, aren't they? Definitely. I mean, Mickey, I thought, you know, you said during the week, obviously, in his interview, he's quite, he likes the whole 
no media trained nature to him because he is obviously it's his first loan move 19 years of age um and also the outpouring from Leeds fans when they're seeing his sign for Millwall was quite funny wasn't it I think yeah I think I think the best bit about it as well is that obviously um we're trying loads of new things and obviously I reached out to to loads of Leeds um podcasts and and Leeds media um you know local journalists stuff like that and not one of them would come on camera with us um not not one not one would agree to do a uh, a 10 minute tell us all about him what's he doing um we managed to get one podcast um who couldn't come on he was busy which gave him his due but he did answer um about four questions for us and that was the best we could get but i liked his interview you know where he yeah. turned around where when he was I, I liked the way that he was turned around and said so you're a millwall player now and he went well, no no I'm just here for a, a season loan I'm a, I'm a Leeds United player. I'm, I'm I'm here for the season for Millwall, but obviously I'm going to play my best in a you know while I'm at Millwall. It wasn't anything to do with a shirt or you know this that, and the other. So you can tell that he's a proper Leeds boy and he's a proper Leeds fan. And I and I like that that he's not you know he's not changing his allegiance. He's proper, you know. He's sure of where he is. There was no media training with it. There was no airs or graces and all that. He spoke from the heart. And you know what? A lot of people might have an issue with that, but I think fucking good luck to him. I think that was nice and refreshing to see with lots of these kids where they come up and they've been media trained to an inch of their life and you don't see the real personality. But with him, I think we're seeing the real personality and I'm looking forward to seeing him on the pitch. I think he's he's going to be good. Seeing the cry of the Leeds fans, you know, everything and anything between us has gone on for forever and a day with, with Leeds. They fucking hate us as much as, you know, um, some of the DMs, you could see that they weren't interested in coming on to us. Even, even the journalist, the journalist was the funniest one. No, I haven't got time. Can you answer a couple of questions for us? No, I ain't got time. <laughs> and you're like, mate, really? Ten questions? But no, look, I, I, I hope that he, you know, I hope that he causes mischief and he, you know, he does really well for us. Um, and I hope that Leeds end up fucking flunking the Premiership and come down and we go up. That would be a fucking result, wouldn't it? I think um, they're the one club that... We, the rivalry is undoubtedly there from recent years, right, Joe? But when it comes to Leeds, we're not talking about Leeds in more detail than after this, but they, they, they hate to acknowledge we're rivals from recent years. And now they're in the Premier League, they think they're high and mighty and away from us. But I think they're the rivals that we they know we are, but they don't like to acknowledge it. It's quite clear with that, isn't it, with Leeds? Absolutely. I think, yeah, it's fair to say over the years, we've probably got the better of them, haven't we? When we played against them, home and away, um, we've had them in the playoffs. We've done, we've done, done them there as well. Um, so I think, yeah, I think we're their kind of like bogey side and, and we always seem to up our game against Leeds. I mean, whenever we played Leeds, whether we're in the same division, whether it's a playoff game, it's one of the games I really, really look forward to, you know, and we talk about, you know, who are our rivals and you can look at all our local London sides that would be classes of our rivals, but I, I kind of put Leeds up there. I mean, you know, I remember when we played against, I was so looking forward to that fixture and it's always a full house. <clears throat> the atmosphere is brilliant. They bring a lot of noise as well. They're way supporters, you know. Um, so to get a win against them and, and get the, the beating of them where we play against them is always a great, great feeling for a Mill fan. So on the, on, the, on the flip side of that, you can imagine how painful it must be for them. Um, each time they play us, they feel they kind of struggle and, and they can't they can't beat us, you know? I think they've only beat us once, didn't they, in the last sort of, I don't know. It's a lot, yeah, it's a lot deeper than that, but yeah. We know our days out, don't we, as well? Like we've had, we can think mm. about it with Leeds as well. Like 
we've had loads of good momentous wins there. Obviously, the playoffs, I think, is where it sparked from, wasn't it? So, um, but yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll move away from Leeds. But Kai, have you done a bit of a deep dive into Queswell? Do you, do you know much about him or his playing style or anything you can give us insight-wise, mate? Um, so, predominantly, obviously, a right-footed centre-back, but um, not a lot afraid to use his left foot. He's quite both-footed in that sort of term. Um, I had a little look into some, some what Leeds were saying on Twitter and a little look back into highlights. And one thing that struck me a little bit was that someone put that uh, Mikel Antonio uh, chose to, um, you know, sort of attack Cresswell because he, he saw him as the weak link in the in the Leeds uh, back line. Apparently, about 20 minutes into the game, he changed over to, I think it was Cooper or someone else, because he just could not beat Cresswell in the air on the ground, anything. He just couldn't, and you know, everyone knows how big Antonio is in terms of like a, a big striker and he just couldn't beat him. He couldn't beat him. So, you know, that, that we've got that sort of player, the, a big, big, big player and like a big, strong player as well, as well as a ball player. Do you think potentially now we've possibly got either the or one of the best defences in the league now? Well, that's what I was going to say. I think um, I was going to ask the question as well, similar to that. Like, sorry, sorry, I'll just go back. <laughs> it's, <all right. laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all right. It's not a problem, mate. You're all right. Uh, just I'll don't do that again. Just, just don't, just don't do that again. All right? Is that right? <laughs> I'm joking. Anyway, but I was going to ask the question. <laughs> I was going to ask the question to the to the group, and I guess Mickey, you could answer this, mate, because you're right. Like. We've got a lot of options now at centre-half. Four really good centre-halves for this level. And that's literally the angle I was coming down there with you a bit there, mate. Where, like we're saying, Kai's saying he's right-footed, but can play with his left. Where do you see him fitting into a, a back three slash five? Is Who's going to come out the side if Cresswell's playing? Are we going to see Murray Wallace at left wing back and no Malone? Or are we going to see Jake Cooper play the, the, the centre role? Because I think he's better in the, in the centre of the three, personally. But then I think Cresswell the kind of size and physique he is, I think he's made for that position as well. So where do you see it, Mickey, where he could potentially fit into the side? It's hard because it, it, who would you take out? I mean, I don't know. I mean, come towards the end of the last season, Malone was doing well. So would you really take him out? Because it, Murray, Murray, you wouldn't necessarily want to take out. Would you? Cooper's, Cooper, I suppose, is the only one we had a bit of a mare last season. But... By his high standards, it's like it was yeah. still in a good season. Yeah. It wasn't terrible. Yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah, I, we agree. The reason I think we said it a few times during the season, didn't we? Um, and you're right there. I mean, Joe, you, what do you reckon? I think it's it's, good, hard. it's hard one. But also, I suppose what we've added there is another set piece threat. So it wouldn't surprise me. You know, we say Cooper any time. Is it Creswell any time, Joe, next season to get a goal for us? Yeah, I mean, we, again, we, we're quite blessed in that sense, aren't we? we? We've got the flexibility, I guess. You know, route we'll probably look at. Of different types of players, different formations, different setups. You may even rest a couple, you know, players. Don't forget, we've still got the likes of George Evans and um, and, and Leonard, Leonard can step in there at the back if need be. But Leonard as well, yeah. Yeah, answer to your first question there. I, I don't know. I think Murray Wallace will probably be the person that loses out in that back three. But does that mean that he might stay a claim for the left wing back role ahead of Malone? Um, I think Malone's better going forwards. Although Murray can do a job going forward, we've seen it, you know, in in, in those areas. But I think defensively, um, Murray's a lot stronger. Um, he could get up and down that that flank, you know, quite quite easily. We've, we've seen him do that as as can Malone as well. But what it does give us it just gives us strength and depth, doesn't it, throughout the the, the squad in, in that defensive area. And I think the way we set up this 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 season coming, we're going to be so strong defensively, and the players we brought in are going to be so much. Um, better for us going forward, being more creative and getting teams, hitting teams on the break. 
Um, I think we're, we're a very, very good counter-attacking counter side now um, with, with the fence probably, like you say, probably being our, our strongest part really and, and, our, and our kind of our, our main strength, I guess. Um, but yeah, set pieces as well is, 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 a, is a unit. You know, I'm sure it'll cause havoc. Um, and of course, when you've got the likes of, uh, um, you know, um, uh, Zion and um, Honeyman, you know, on the set pieces now, these guys, these defenders are going to, probably contribute quite heavily, I think, this season in, in those areas. I suppose it's not great on Alex Pierce, Kai, so, you know, for a full centre-half to have as well, mate. I mean, do you agree with what we said there? Do you, do you kind of have any suspicions or any kind of inkling where you, we might see Creswell in that side or if Murray Wallace moves out to left wing back? I think personally, from my opinion, I think Murray Wallace should be nailed on the left side centre-half because I think Cooper struggled when he's on that kind of left side of a three when he's playing down the flank and kind of dragged that position, Kai. But what's your opinion on that one and maybe where you see him kind of in the side? He loses too many balls, doesn't he, Cooper? Who? Well, he doesn't lose the ball. More so, it's not so much the balls. What I'm saying there is like, if you imagine the forwards when they drift outwards and Malone's bobbed up the pitch, for example, or Murray West bombed up the pitch, Cooper always struggles on the turn, in my opinion. That's he, he's, not as, anyway. he's not as agile as uh, like Murray is, is he? You're Correct. right. So I, I really... think he, he struggles like in that sense where if you target mm. the spaces where the fullbacks bomb on, which they do obviously in a, in a back five formation, then you see Cooper kind of isolated one on one, and I think he struggles. Obviously, Cooper's threat is you know he's set pieces and he's yeah, strengthening. Yeah, Cooper's size and a fucking shard though, isn't he? It's a bit hard well, this, to yeah. turn could, around. Could Hutch, you know what I mean, could Hutch be the one that loses out there? Because I agree with you, Omar. Towards the end of the season, where Cooper was playing in the middle, I quite liked him in the middle there, and, and he didn't really put a foot wrong. He seemed quite comfortable, and he was also marshalling you know the, the others and, and Ballard was alongside him. So maybe he could be. A back three of um, Cresswell, Cooper, and Murray Wallace, maybe. Maybe Hutchinson's a player that might lose, lose do out. Cresswell, you know? Do you think Cresswell might, Cresswell might um, get the captain armband or not? No, no, he's, no, no chance. No chance. No, no way. <laughs> no, no, only England, because he does, he's done it. He's done it on the, on the England side, hasn't he? He's had it on yeah, the England no, side. I, I think, I think he's 19, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, we Cooper... don't want to fuck over. We don't want to fuck him over like um, Hollowell did, Hollowell did with uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Sid Nelson. So, yeah. There's that. And also, I think, you know, I think you've got Hutchinson and Cooper who are the captain and vice-captain going into the season. But, Kai, I mean, Hutchinson potentially missing out here. I mean, is that even an option? Like, his injury problems have always preceded him a little bit. He's kind of got over it, I feel, the last couple of seasons. But who's missing out in that back three, mate? I just don't feel like you can take Hutch out. I think you, you need him as the leader. Um, I know we lost we lost Pierce, and we lost Pierce, I think, Pierce was more influential, probably on the on the like on the sidelines in the, in the dressing room, rather than maybe on the pitch. I think every time Pierce stepped in last year, I thought he did a good job. Um, but I think Hutchinson has to play for me because he's he's captaincy. I mean, Cooper's a bit of a different captain. I think Cooper's very he's not maybe as loud as Hutch because when you're when you're you know you're there, you can sort of hear who's shouting the most. I think Hutch you know orders more you know orders around and he you know he's much more vocal. But Malone could be in a little bit of, a bit of trouble with with um, Murray Wallace. I think them two really will fight it out for the left wing box, wing back spot. I mean, there's no doubt Scott Malone's energy going forward. I mean, Murray Wallace's got so much energy too. But Malone, when he finally gets into the when he gets into the final third, he can hit one, can't he, Malone? So you know, I think Malone has the upper hand on that. But then Murray Wallace can also get up and down as well. But it's just for me, I'm more inter- I'm more uh, interested in see whether maybe it might change our style of play with Cresswell now. Because mm-hmm. I think now we, now Cress was there, if he can really play out from the back, then perhaps maybe we're going to look to go from through the third rather than try and almost go straight into attacking midfield and then try and turvy on the counter. 
Well, I, I don't see I don't see Fleming being a up in the air kind of player. He's all rounder, but I think it, you're right there. Playing through the lines could be something we might be doing yeah. there. Um, anything else, you boys want to add on Creswell before well, we move on to transfers? As, as part of as part of the Creswell part, I mean, on the other side of that, of that we're not really talking about the competition on that right side, are we? We're talking about the, the possibility of Danny McNamara leaving. He looks he looks yeah pretty you know sure he's gonna stay. Um and I can't see why or how he, he would even go to QPR because QPR's not even fucking interested. Well, they, they haven't even got the, even in the finances, I would imagine, to even get him on board, would they? Let alone you know try and take him across. But who who's his competition at, at right wing back? You know, we seem to have competition all over the, the the team at the moment, different different areas, but that's probably an area where apart from Ryan Leonard. I think that is the competition there. That's what I was yeah, going to say, probably, he, right? I mean he, he does a job there, but do you see him as being a, a real concern for, for, for Matt Namara? Do you see him looking every show and think, oh I better you know play well because I'm gonna lose my place to, to Leonard? I don't think so. I think he's there more of a like a plaster almost. He just kind of like to sort of seal over any any kind of time that, that Matt Namara's not, not playing or, or injured or whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, on the obviously you mentioned there, Matt Namara, for context, anyone that's listening doesn't know. Um, according to the Football Insider, a Mills source has told Football Insider that the London rivals QPR bid for Matt Namara and it was not back. Mickey said, <laughs> yeah, bullshit. Well, One second, Mickey. I'll bring you in, mate. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, we, we, we placed a bid for fucking Messi and it was... It was rejected as well. well so okay. Yeah. So what this is what I was going to come to you, mate. You're saying it was on the live. My only question to you, Mickey, is firstly, how do you know it's bullshit? Because it should be genuine. I've, had, there, I've but... had conversation. I've had conversations with two journos, and one basically. Um... So is this agent talk? Is this Danny McMahon's agent? Because he's only got you. Don't even know if he's agent. Trying to get don't, more money. Don't or... even know if he's agents. Um... What is it then? Well, it's... Didn't Danny McNamara sign last year? All I've got is, is that, you know, he signed it last year, two years, so he runs out of contract next year, which is... McNamara signed a deal last January, that's what it was. Yeah, so he's got a two-year... Was that a long Yeah, but long-term is, long yeah. is two years at Millwall. Um, and then I, I was speaking to someone, um, what to call it, and I have and I got back, you know QPR aren't even interested. And it's literally, it's just... So, I mean, the West London... Come on, put spot, on it. Agent is it agent talk or agent talk or what? I, 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 it could be agent talk. Um, it could be just a, a lazy journalist who, who just wants to fucking rally up a bit of interest. Um, it, it, who broke it? Who broke it? Football League, Football, Football Insider, Football Insider broke it. Insider. No, Football League World said it first, though, about a couple yeah. of days ago. Right. The Football League, which is clickbait, said it first, and then fucking Football Insider, and then Football Insider come out today. And I mean, Kai, you'll back me up on that. When they say source, it means made up. It don't mean real. I mean, fuck me. <laughs> I, I, I've got connections to Millwall. You could fucking say I'm a source. Football Insider is more legitimate than other sources. I think Football Insider reported about the Honeyman deal, I'm pretty sure, no, if I'm not mistaken, or that they were one of the first to break the news of that, so... Yeah, I don't see them as being, you know, cowboys or anything. They seem to be quite, quite legit, quite genuine, don't they? Whatever they, they seem to print or post. Yeah. I mean, listen, right? Danny truth. shouldn't, Danny shouldn't be on what he is and how good he is at the moment and everything else. Danny shouldn't be on a contract where it expires June no. next year, right? Danny should, should be on a four-year. We should, we should have tied Danny up on a four or five-year contract, mm. and then you know, Absolutely. year three. Year two, three, whatever we should have, we should sell him, make some money, 
and and invest that and give Danny the Premiership, you know, what he's going to want or, or you know, wherever he is. Because Danny is going to be a player. There's no... How, how old is no he? He's only, he's only, what, 23, 23 years of age? 23. I mean, you, you, give, you give him a four-year extension or five-year, whatever, you know. That takes He'll be in his peak. Long. Well, that's it. Yeah, he, he'll, be, he'll be sort of 27, 28 years old, let's say. And... I, to be honest with you, I, I wouldn't, you know, if he's good enough to play in the Premiership and we're not in the Premiership, I would want to see him up there. But equally, I want to see, uh, get, get a decent fee for him as well. When have we ever, a... when have we ever, sorry, Joe, to cut him off with yeah. a player a four or five year deal, though? I think it's always been three years, isn't it? I've never seen, the longest I've seen is three year deal, right? I don't see anybody right. any longer. We don't seem to do that. And that's probably something we, we need to kind of get better at because you look at, you know, Jed Wallace. I know we don't want to talk about Jed Wallace anymore, but. Quickly, he he's someone who we should have sold, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, when 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 the, the, the value was there, we could make some money on him. But we held on to him, we held on to him, and it's, it's just terrible, really, terrible bit bit of business from from our part. And if we're not careful, the same could happen with McNamara. You know, before you know it, he's come to last year of his contract. Let's say he has a really good season this season, and he doesn't want to sign. He could be off on a, on a, you know on a, on a free in a, in a year or so. I suppose um, in in the defence of the club, we don't know if there is talks happening or not. We, we, it's all, no, it's all happening. Happening. and also and also we don't know whether or not that we might have an option to extend his contract by a year because he's a young player that was off the new deal. I mean, you'd like mm. to think there might be some sort of clause there. I'm not saying there is. I mean, but I was, there might I was, be. There might I was be. told by a Millwall uh, a Millwall source that they they were in talks with him. So, a Millwall source, yeah. News yeah. <laughs> just a hint. No. Is that is that allegedly, or are you actually saying that? Or no, no, that... no, no. I was, uh, uh, you know, I, I spoke with a a uh, a very a very high level source. <laughs> HP or Heinz? Which one was Heinz? Heinz, surely. Or was it definitely Daddy's? Heinz, mate? Definitely Heinz. <laughs> definitely Heinz. Fifty-seven, mate. You can't you can't beat anything other than Heinz beans in it. Do you know what I mean? But no, I think you know. Um, I don't think Danny's going anywhere. I think Danny loves the club. And I think, you know, regardless of what the rumours and, and the rivalry as such, he wouldn't go QPR. Mm. There's, no, there's no benefit. He's playing first-team football here, you know. He's mm. not going to jeopardise that unless it's, you know, really, really worth it. And QPR are in, you know, bang load of trouble financially. They're not going to be able to, you know, pay in bundles and bundles, are they? So Just just move away from that slightly, um, Omar. Don't have you seen... That- something recently, I think it was an interview with um, Honeyman, I don't know if it was South Under Press or News at Den, but they're asking the question of where do you see yourself playing, not your favourite position, it's quite an interesting conversation to have, because I was thinking Premier myself, yeah, I was thinking, where, where, where is his best position, I mean when I seen him play at the Den, he played in this sort of right wing position at that day and he looked really good, he really stood out as one of their best players, but I heard from some Hull supporters that the reason why he wanted to leave because he didn't want to play right wing and a new manager was playing him out there, would he rather play in centre mid? Mm-hmm. And then in this article, again, apologise, I don't know which one it was, was use it, use it then or South London, um, but he mentioned on there that he's quite happy to play anywhere. You know, he sees himself as, as a, a kind of box-to-box midfielder. That's kind of where he wants to play. And, you, and, and it's because he's quite tenacious. He loves to tackle. He can track back. He can get forward. He can score goals, get assists. You could see why he would like to, like to play so he, but He left he left Hull, didn't he? He left Hull because he thought he weren't going to get first-team football. Well, yeah. He, I mean, He knocked, that, he knocked that, back that, two contract offers, don't make it. Yeah. So, like, he, yeah, he, yeah, he but wants to be kept. But, yeah, but, but he did. But the problem, what, what I've been told by um, a couple of Hull channels was... Uh, 
you know, the whole fans wanted him. He refused two contracts because the new manager and owner there has basically suggested that they want to bring in seven to nine new players. And the the owner and the manager allegedly had told players there that they're not good enough and they want to bring in players what will get them to the next stage. And I think he I'm just... I'm sure they would keep him, though, didn't they? I'm sure they would have... They, no, they would have, well... Often, they did, they did contracts, him. didn't they? He turned he went, them down. He went, he went for... You know, allegedly, I'm not going to mention the exact figure because we were told confidentially, but it was less than a million pound, yeah. and whole fans were shocked at that. Yeah, it's it's, it's all hearsay. But, but steering back to, I suppose, to the to the way I see him playing, though, Joe, I think I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised to see him play. I th- I think we I think we'll play a, a, maybe at times a five three two, and maybe Fleming might not be. Maybe Fleming's a second striker, perhaps. Um, I think or, so. I could see something like that happening. I could see Honeyman being like the left side of a midfield three, maybe having a roaming role, you know, or being around on the midfield, so, so to speak. Like a flat three rather than what we did last season with Jed and that well, kind of number 10 role. at times we did play the 5 three, two with Jed and Bennett or Jed and Phoebe up front, if, if you yeah. remember as well. So yeah. I, I, I think I think the go-to will be having a 10 in there. I could see Fleming being the number 10, but at the moment yeah, we've only got Bennett and Phoebe and Bennett up front. So And, and Bradders. And Bradders, of course, as well. So I mean, yeah. like, like, all injuries kind of kind of sit above them a little bit, if that yeah, makes sense. Exactly. So, I mean, hearing, hearing what Rowett said, Omar, he did allude quite often. I noticed we talked about Fleming about him playing number ten role. He does say yes, he can be as a striker, he can do that as well. But I do get the impression that he sees him as the, the number ten to fit in that role behind the front two that Jed did last season. Um, which makes me wonder where does Honeyman go? This is, this is what I'm trying to say, and I can only imagine that he's looking to put Honeyman in that kind of central midfield position. I agree. If, he does, if he does that, who loses out? Um, Savile or Mitchell? Well, this is what I, said. I think we said it last week Mitchell. on the show. I think, I think it'll be... I think, you think so? I think Savile, maybe. I think... Really? Well, I'm not sure. I think neither. That's why I say potentially I could see a midfield three. I, I could see him if you, things up. If you, look at, if you look at Twitter and, you know, social media on our fans... They will say, you know, a high percentage will say that Mitchell is out. You know, the, they they don't rate him, which I think is a bit unfair to be fair because it's there. But we love our um, own, but we love getting yeah. on the back of our own as well at the same time. It yeah. does my gears in with us, and I and I, you're right. Everyone that sits around me at Millwall will say Mitchell out and keep yeah. Savile in. We love getting on our own players' backs so much. We ruined I don't know what it is. I Lewis don't know what it is. John, <laughs> Lewis and John. Well, Lewis and John was never going to be a player. He was, he was good, but he was never going to be a middle player for us. And he had a chip. Everywhere else he went, anyway. he fucking scored. Yeah. I, I, mean, I think last season, I mean, at the two of them, out of Savile and Mitchell, as much as I like Savile, I think Mitchell was consistently probably a better player um, performance-wise. He was always like a, a 7 out of 10, weren't he? He never would give you... That's probably a bit harsh. Sorry, I'll say about an eight out of ten because I, th- I don't think he ever put a foot wrong. Yeah, he, he did well. He, he kind of bossed the midf- midfield at times. Um, he looked like he wanted the ball. He had a lot of appetite to play well. Whereas Savile was kind of like a little bit in and out. He had a good game and not so good game. You know, so I, I think they play different roles, Joe. I think as well. So that's yeah. the thing. And the, uh, the criticism everyone gives me about Mitchell is he plays sideways. Well, I think it's an important role in the team to have someone yeah. that recycles the ball and keeps shuffling it. And I'm I think sure he's good at well. and he's yeah. good at doing that. Like it's quite important mm. to have that kind of water carrier in the midfield that keeps the play ticking over and keeps possession. Yeah, he is good at that. And I think I think we'll see more of it this season because we're going to try and, as Kai maybe said, play between the lines, try and play through the thirds. 
And I think we'll see a lot more of Mitchell more and maybe may him grow into the role a bit more. I agree mm. at times last season, he's playing sideways and we don't have the, the talent up front to keep the ball there. But I think as we're trying to recruit and we've got Honeyman, Fleming, mm. you know, other players being linked, you know, that are kind of ball carrying players and players that like to get on the ball. I think we will see more of them. I mean, Kai, what do you reckon? I think we were obviously discussing where we see Honeyman fitting in there, but also Mitchell or Savile, if it was to take one of them two out or what is your views on the Mitchell conversation? Uh, I think that I think Honeyman and Savile, as much as I love Savile, but I think Honeyman and Mitchell could be a better duo, I think, or Savile and Mitchell. But I don't think Honeyman and Savile work, will work as well together if you put them in a two. If you put them in a three, then you've got a, you've got a perfect combination. And I don't mind really who two drops out. It's just I think Honeyman and one of the one Mitchell or Savile or Mitchell, I think will be better together. I don't. I what? think Honeyman and Savile might be a little bit too attacking and leave us a little bit exposed at the back. If that makes sense. Is Honeyman left footed? Right uh, footed. He's, right, he's stronger right foot, but he can use his left foot. Yeah. Okay. So then maybe maybe it is Mitchell that is the sacrificial lamb then in, in that scenario. Yeah. I think you want the balance in the midfield as well. I think it's hard mm. to say, but it's great to have the options and it's yeah. it's great to be Gary Rarick because you know we'll read a bit of the article that was in BBC Sport that you linked today in the chat, uh, Joe. Mm. Um, I will get it up whilst I tee it up. I'm going to try and do some little conversation filler here. But the options, the options we've got in the sides, Rarick saying it's the best squad he's had since joining in the championship as a, as a manager. Yeah. So um, he says, Great, when you yeah. obviously talking about losing Pierce and Wallace, I don't know why Pierce was mentioned, but obviously he was a, a bit of a hitter in the squad. Um, <laughs> when you lose key players, you're always looking to go down a slightly different pathway. If you're trying to bring someone in to be that person, then there's never go- there's never going to work. So for me, it's about moving forward in a slightly different way and bringing players in who can maybe bring in something we've been missing. We thought there was an opportunity to bring in a different number of a number of different types of players and probably create the strongest and most flexible squad we've had so far. I mean, Joe, you like linked it to us in the chat today. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? And it's quite exciting, I suppose, to show he's quite, you know, he's willing to mix things up this year, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, if, if he's excited, you know, let's be honest, you know, how often does that guy ever get excited about anything? You know, so if he's excited about about, about the squad that he's got and, and the season ahead, then it, it, it stores confidence in, in, in all of us, doesn't it, really? Because, you know, he's mentioned as well that, yeah, he's been quite clear in saying that he wants to bring in two or three more quality signings. I mean, to hear that is music to my ears because as much as, yes, we've lost some players um, at the start of the season and we've brought in some players, you know, the fact we've got to actually boost that and bring in two, potentially two or three quality players to add on to that, it just fills me with with um, with confidence for next season going, going forward. You know, it's amazing. One minute we're thinking, you know, I'm going to be fighting relegation. Yeah, when, when Jed leaves and we didn't bring anybody in, then the next minute, within a week, we're actually contemplating on, on promotion now, which is incredible. And I think a lot of that is down to the recruitment and the players we brought in and also the positivity surrounding players potentially coming in as well, you know, and yeah, long may that continue. Hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll get we'll get two or three more in. And let's be honest, we've got plenty of time, haven't we? We've got another two That's months true. until the, uh, the transfer window ends. So we're all kind of panicking and, and want, wanting names and you know, people coming in now, but let's be honest, I think he's been patient, he's been patient so far, and his patience has paid off because he's been getting the players that he wants to get in and not just panic buying. Definitely. I mean, Kai, uh, one name that's been talking about, obviously, more additions there and obviously two or three more are rumoured or muted to be coming in. Um, Ellis Sims was a name linked with us, wasn't he, yesterday morning? I'm sure you've, I'm pretty sure you've seen some of these guys, I remember you talking about it in our chat yesterday. 
Um, one thing I'd be critical of in our front line is there's lack of a plan B. And I don't think Sims is that option either. But obviously we have Matt Smith as an option, for example, Kai. Um, I don't know what you think on that, but also the link of Ellis Sims. What do you think of that and what the rumour is saying? He's a really young, um, exciting player. I think he's every, everywhere he's started, everywhere he's gone. He's been loved by the fans. I think his work rate's really good. Um, he's quick. He adds that little bit of a different dimension, I think, in, in that way. Um, but also, I think he's strong as well. I was watching a video earlier on Twitter and it, and it was showing, you know, how strong he is. And he holds players off really, really nicely. He holds the ball up. And then even in, like, scoring positions, he can sort of get into moves where balls play through and maybe the defender is there. But he can almost shrug them off and still and still try and hit, hit the target. And he's, yeah. he knows exactly where the goal is. So I've, I'm, I'd be really excited if we were to bring, were to bring him in. And Mickey, um, he's 21 years of age. He's had two loan spells, one in League One uh, with Blackpool. And I don't know if he was there to the end of the season, but that was the year Blackpool got promoted from League One when Ballard was also on loan there. He scored 10 goals in 24 games in all competitions. And last season, he was playing the Scottish Premiership for Hearts and got seven in 21. Not a bad return for Hearts as well in the, in the Scottish Premier League there, mate. But what do you make of the link with Sims? And obviously, it's interesting. You know, he's fit in the profile of a 21-year-old young player, different option. Interesting. Yeah, um, I think it'd be I think it'll be a good signing for us. Um, obviously, if it uh, if it comes off, wink wink. Um, I think it'd be a good signing for us. So yeah, I think. What's uh, what's HP said to that? HP saying it's going to happen, or <laughs> what's happening? And, and it's no, fine to I've, to him. No, I've had I've had no contact from a source from that one, mate. So uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I, I just. I think we need an out-and-out striker who, who, you know, has got something about him. And he is a fucking strong lad. He, he's, you know, he ain't going to go down easy. He's, he's going to have it. And I just think when you look at Honeyman, you look at you look at the players potentially we've got in the team now who, you know, a few of them can score. Is that a bottle of Tizer? Oh. I thought it was ties. I was thinking, fucking, I ain't seen one of them for years. But yeah, um, Sorry, me, me and Omar are sponsored by uh, Pepsi Max. Did he not tell you? You're fucking you're useless. Raspberry or cherry, though, Joe. Raspberry. Or cherry. How the fuck? How cherry. the fuck is that? Hang on, hang on, hang on. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now, hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Was that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, no, Jerry. It's over. On August 25th. I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. 
If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike. Series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Raspberry, raspberry. What the look, look, right? That even though that's blurred out, I know what that candy's guy, yeah. That that is caffeine, that is Coca Cola caffeine free. Absolutely, it's late in the the evening, mate. So, you know, he's got to get his caffeine. No no sugar, it tastes fucking like dog shit. It's horrible. It tastes like the same as same as these two drinking Pepsi. Pepsi is fucking dog shit. One thing it does is make Pepsi Max makes you want to go go to the toilet quite often. Thanks for that. So <laughs> just carry on, and I'll be back in a minute. Is that right? Of course, mate. No worries. I mean, uh, hi, welcome. One... This is the over fifty fives. <laughs> we have bad prostate, and we need to shut the fucking door. You can't, so we don't need you pissed. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, we're, but we're the over fifty five show. Yeah. Listening to Joe have a piss. Well, Joe's going to miss out on this part of the conversation, which um, I was going to bring in, but Kai's also mentioned in the chat. Um, obviously, Conor Mahoney, mate, has come into the news today. He signed a two-year deal, Kai, with Huddersfield Town. A bit of a weird one, that. I mean, I was expecting him to get moved to the championship, but maybe Huddersfield don't have a lot of money to spend. They are, you know, they overachieved last season, I think they'll say, Kai. Um, how do you expect him to go out of Huddersfield on a two-year deal up north? I think with Conor Mahoney, he's one that when he came in, I was really excited about. I'm pretty sure all of us were excited we about all, were. all Millwall fans were excited. I think we paid quite a lot of money for him as well. And he never really, you know, fulfilled that, that you know, the, never lived up to the hype, basically. But you saw in games, especially against Luton, I don't know what it was with Conor Mahoney and Luton, but every time he played Luton, he came alive. And I, he must have scored about three goals against them in probably a couple of three games. He was, he was, he was in them games. It was super. Remember coming on? It was New Year's Day, and we were an early kickoff. And if we won, we've won all we in the playoffs. Yeah, and it was one 0 to Luton with twenty three minutes to go, something like that. I think mean, Bradshaw scored. Mahoney comes on and turns the game on its head. Goal and assist in the last fifteen to win us the game. And he was from then on. You thought, here we go. He's going to kick on now. And then he, he had a decent game the next game, and then he just. Fell away off from after the pandemic. He had, yeah, he had injuries. About three games. Injuries. Three games, but were good, yeah. and that's it. I think was he was crippled by injuries. That's the problem. Well, I've got we didn't even yeah. know. Was, we didn't really know what was wrong with him, and he just never really appeared, did he? Like, he was there, was, in- there was. There's another. There's another fan channel was basically turned around and said it was the the switch of management between Rowett and um, and Harris. What basically um, pretty much ended his Millwall career along with a couple of injuries and at times questionable desire. But he thinks the frustration had kicked in by that point and uh, he hopes that he enough proves... Of, enough, of giving that, enough of giving that airtime. Who cares? It's anyway, bullshit. It, who cares? It's well, his no, opinion. No, no. Who cares? It's, he's allowed his opinion, but we're not talking about his as, opinion anyway. But, Joe, what do you, as, you, what do yeah, you sorry, think of that I, one? I, as much as I agree with that, I don't think it was down to the managers itself. I think it's more down to the tactics and the formation. So, Harris being a four-four-two guy... He saw Mahoney as somebody who's going to come in on that left side, sweep left foot, get crosses into the box, the big tall target man in there. And of course, Rabbit's um, philosophy is very, very different. He's not into the 4-4-2, play it down the channels, get crosses in. So um, he wants to play a different style of, of, of play. Now, the reason why Mahoney, I think, really, really struggled for a couple of reasons is 
one, he, he lacks a bit of pace. Uh, if you're playing in that kind of counter-attacking football, like as Jed Wood or you know whoever I was playing, he never really he was never really a threat on on the break, was he? Uh, and secondly, he probably he wasn't quite tenacious or worked too hard in midfield either. So I think Riot was struggling a little bit as to where he would play him. Personally, I thought, I thought Mahoney played really well when we played uh, a free attack, attacking free on the right hand side, cutting onto his left foot. And very rarely did Riot ever use them there. I think we actually played them there once in a pre-season friendly and he scored a great goal. Do you remember that? Who was that against? Real Sociedad. Yeah, it was also whilst Neil Harris is in charge still. Real Sociedad. Yeah, okay. the point I'm making is he was on that right side. He's a, he's, he's a predominantly left-footed player, but he used his right foot. He cut, cut in. He scored a great, great goal. And I just think he could have been so effective on that right flank cutting in on his left foot and being a real kind of threat. Um, but he was never really used there, was he? Um, I think Rowett's played him in the kind of number 10 role sometimes. He played him out as a left wing back. Um, and I don't think, to his defence, I don't think he really got a, a, a good good crack in the Rowett team. Um, and I, I really do believe that he's going to do really well next season uh, for Huddersfield. Um, and I hope that he's not going to score against us when we when we play him uh, at, 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 at our fixtures. I can see him sort of being, being a real good player for them. Definitely, and I, I, I wish him well. I think I, I just think he's a sick note, and I, I hate to say it. Like uh, I think his injuries have preceded him. I spent the last two seasons he's missed half a season, two years in a row, and he. I mean, we don't know how much he was on. We don't know what the wages are. There's always alleged rumours, but you've got to think we signed him for a million quids, didn't we, from Bournemouth? So we so he, signed for free, didn't we? And then also he would have been a big signing from Harris at the time in that summer window. So I would have thought he'd have yeah. been on a fair chunk of of wages. And I just don't think he was justifying what we was paying him overall in the end. So like, if he was maybe a lower owner, maybe we might have been trying to keep him and keep him on board. Mm. But I, I'm just of the opinion, like, his injuries preceded him towards the end. And I, I do agree somewhat with the notion that new manager comes in, new ideas, and he does kind of get forced out the sides. Mickey, mm. it's, it's a thing that happens in football, mate. Anyway, no, no, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I, that's fact. He was... They, they, between him and Rowett, didn't see eye to eye. And Rowett basically turned around to him and more than once and just said, look, you're never going to play here again. But, but also the frustration yeah. with him is he was a player, like Joe said, you had to kind of carry in the side because he liked to get on the ball and he slowed the play down. He likes to be kind of fancy mm. flicks here and there. And, he, and you're right, Joe, he played like he was walking sometimes. And that wasn't because he was lazy. It was just his playing style and how he plays. You know, he likes to get on the ball and have loads of touches of the ball. But mm. in the championship, when it's quick, 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 like... It doesn't really especially, work. Well, that's it, especially without system that we saw yeah. you know, the second half of the season. It's all about getting the ball, counter-attack, you know. And you're right, Omar. He would he would often like to get the ball. He would want to drop the shoulder. He would want to cut inside, take another touch, go backwards, you know. And it probably just didn't suit the, the, the style of football that Riot wanted to play. Uh, and let's be honest, I think Riot called it right in a sense because the players that he did pick ahead of him did, did a job for us, didn't they? That's it. And Bennett and Jed were more kind of suited, opposed to the style more, he wanted. Direct. You're and right. also, I think, Kai, what was frustrating for me was is I feel like during lockdown and then we came into the second season of, of Mahoney's uh, spell with Millwall, I think the opportunity was there for him to really grab the shirt. And he was playing sometimes in the 10. And I think he had that good game at the end of the last of the first season against Huddersfield where he scored two goals, I think. And we won 4-1 last game of the season. And he had that good game. And you're thinking, right, go on, Mahoney. This is the second season now. Kick on and really take that shirt. I just think he flattered the sieve in the end, mate. Yeah, I think I think when the pressure was off, Mahoney did well. Um, you know, saw that with against Huddersfield um, last game of the season. We had nothing really to play for, and, and you know he, he he had that freedom about him, like he could just almost roam and you know get on the ball, 
sort of like no no pressure on him. He can, you know, do all these fancy flicks. And he did really well at it, actually. I was really impressed with him. I thought, you know, it'd be interesting to see what he could do next year. And this season, the only real, I think the start of the season, I thought it was very good against Leicester in the Cup. I thought him and Thompson were very good that day. And that really gave me a you know, excitement. Maybe Thompson and Moni are going to kick on, you know, now. I thought Thompson's always been a good servant for us. And you've seen him score, you know, goals and you know, a couple of years ago, especially in the Harris uh, days when we nearly relegated. Um, but I thought that day against Leicester, he really tracked back. I remember him tracking back all the way down the left-hand side and tackling, I think it was Perez, and like running all the way back, tackling him and then run with, running forward with it. And I was so impressed by that. And I thought this is my this maybe this is a new Mahoney. Maybe we're going to see this because all you have to do. I know we've not we're not. I know you know all you had to do that when Mahoney was playing or even sitting on the bench, just watch exactly what Jed did with the with the work rate with the effort he put in. And if Mahoney ma- matched that work ethic and the, and the hard work, there's no doubt Mahoney. There was no passion. That, yeah, there was. There, he would have. He would have done exactly no what. Determination. Exactly. No, it's just I'll take the wages, but I don't know if I'm really going to break a sweat for you. I think he's also a player that likes the arm around the shoulder and, yeah. you know, likes to kind of be fed and said, like, you're, you're going to keep doing this, keep doing it. I've got faith in you. And Rowett ultimately didn't really have that faith in him, which is, can't mm. for say, is you, fair you, enough. Right? You can you can imagine Rowett's style of man management is straight to the point. You know, like, listen, cunt, you know, listen, fella, you, you're fucking, you're playing like a cunt, what are you doing? Just fucking pull your socks up and fucking get in there. You're better than that. Go for it. And yet, you know, they'd be thinking that the manager's having a pop at them going, oh, I'm rubbish, I am, you know. And I, I don't know what, this is all just opinion, but, you know, he's a northern boy, born in Blackburn. He's moved back to Huddersfield. You know, maybe it's, he wants to be back Missed home. Miss his family. Miss his family. I think he's got a little kid, I'm pretty sure. I've seen on his Instagram a few times and stuff like that as well. And maybe oh, it's just... Stalker. Maybe it's not worked out well for him to, you know, coming down to London and being away from home. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him do well at Huddersfield. And I think he goes well, well wishes. And we hope to see him do well, just not at the Den or against us at the Galfram. Um mm. Or the John Smith, or we've had this conversation before with Kai. Which one is it nowadays? You know, tell me right now. Is it? It's not a select lease. Yeah, I, I think it's John Smith because they they smell they smell that um, <laughs> John Smith beer. So why? Yeah. So there's loads of different naming rights at that stage. I, mean, you, I think all stands have got different names for them, to be honest as well. So, but um, well, he goes by well wishes. Someone who doesn't maybe go with the club's well wishes and the fans' well wishes. Nice Jeez, little nick here, guys. Come on, guys, give me that one. Zach Lund- Zach Lundbase has gone to Rangers. Um, Mickey, go on. Judas, can't you say? And tell tell me what you think about. I that. just think I just think it's madness. You know, the kid was on the verge of first team football in the championship, which is you know the second probably the second best league um, out there to a degree. You know, on competitive level, and yet he's gone to the B team in, in Scotland. Um, yeah, I've had older debates going. Yeah, but they were in the Europe, you know, Europa Cup final last year. Yeah, but don't mean they're gonna be in it fucking this year, does it? Do you know what I mean? It's it's you know, yeah, okay, they were in it, but he's going B team Scottish team, where Scotland teams uh, you know, the league's that fucking shit, they play each other four times a fucking year for fuck's sake. Do you know what I mean? It, it's it's nowhere near on the same level as the championship or the premiership. And realistically, in two years' time, he could have been in the Prem. Um and and there's more what's come out, you know, that he but really you, you don't know, do you? Realistically, in two been... years' time, what for Millwall you're saying, or is it just no, 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 no. For Lovelace, he could have been he could yeah. have quite happily been picked up by a Prem team and put into, you know, their development squad and then, you know, potentially got into the Prem. Well, he, he could have been could picked have been up by a Prem he could have been picked up by a Prem team this summer and he hasn't been. Maybe that's but why? A, that tells a tell. Because maybe 
Maybe it was. Maybe he's not as good as we all thought he was. And to be honest, I've not seen enough of him to make a comment and a passing judgment, really, because he's 16 years old. Like, and he was thrown in the deep end because we had injuries. So, would he have got an opportunity fair, this season? I don't know if he would have played much this season. Personally, I, I don't think he would have done. But... To be fair, I don't. You know, in what you know, in our sources, what we've been told, he wanted to stay here. Um, he wanted to stay here. He wanted to play. Julius is a bit much. He's 15, 16, but you know, uh, he wanted to stay here. Um, and unfortunately, the decision. You know, unfortunately, I think we, you know, which we'll go on to on another show we've got coming up shortly, um, is uh, unfortunately a lot of dads and parents seem to, you know, want to become rich on the back of their son, on the back of their kids in football, um, and you know they don't necessarily do it for the right reasons. It's a hard one. It's a hard the development hard. of their kid. It's a hard debate to have that one, and I, I agree somewhat. And we will talk about it more in that show we've got coming up, which obviously will be a great one. But I mean, Joe, like, how do you feel obviously losing Lovelace? But also, like, we'll touch a little bit on it. Like, he's 16, but potentially getting a big sign on fee going to Rangers. The bugbear for me, all you see in the statement was we've sat with his family a long time, they said, and we tried to kind of convince him to stay and said that this is we should be here and it was good for his development. Um, it's, it's a kick in the teeth as well because we get less compensation as well going to Scotland, but. It's just a real kind of shame all around, really. It feels like. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. I think I think he's a, he's a young kid. You know, he's very young. He's not really mature enough or old enough for really his own decisions. I think a lot of that is being led by his family, his agent, and and you're you're right, Mickey. Maybe he wanted to stay at Millwall. You know, why wouldn't he want to stay at Millwall? Because I don't think someone at that age is really thinking that hard about money and the financial side of it. I think all they care about at that, at that point is getting that professional you know, football, get, getting first-team football and playing football. That's what matters to them. I think the money comes a little bit later in their career where they kind of wise up to it and they realise, actually, you know what? I need to be earning top, top money here. Um, what, London, what, Glasgow. London, yeah, but, Again, I don't, I don't think that's his, <laughs> his choice. But one thing I did see of him is when I watched um, Mill training that time at the, um, at the Den, um, there's a few strikers on show, and no word of a lie, he was probably the most clinical striker out of everyone. So Bennett Fogg was there, Bradders was there, uh, there was Bennett, him, and I can't remember, one or two other, I think Burke was there at the time as well. And they were doing this drill, and there was a shooting drill where you've got to kind of do a bit of a pass and move across the ball, and you've got to then finish it past the keeper. And no word of a lie, I think they must have about five shot, five goes at this each, and he smashed the ball in every single time. I'm looking at it thinking, I can't believe that kid is only 16 years of age, and he looks so good, but he looks so confident. And when I've seen him play for Millwall, he comes over the last sort of 10 minutes or so. I never, I don't think we've actually seen the real Zach Lovelace. I think he's come in and he's run around a little bit and he's done a little job for us, but I don't think he's actually played with real confidence. So we haven't really seen his true potential. No, I agree with you. And I think it, I think it goes back to what I <laughs> said earlier, that we we fucking we ruin our own. Do you know what I mean? We ruin yeah. the youngsters, we ruin our own. Because there was a game when he come on for quite a bit of the game and he looked lost. You know, yeah. there were certain bits of that game. I can't think it was where it was now, but he looked lost. Mm. And you know, you know, proper, you know, deer and headlights, rabbit and headlights, and you know, the boo boys were on him, and mm. you know, it, you know, fifteen, sixteen, it's a hard thing to take, but mm. hey ho, look, you know, hopefully we'll see him in a Rangers shirt before this season's out on the first team, um, 
and you know it, it it makes it better. But if he's if he's not there, then you're probably looking at maybe another player. What was potentially there, what you know, unfortunately mm. filters away. And being I mean, so young, could he could he come back back to Millwall? Who knows? He might he might get homesick out. He might not like it up in, in Scotland, in Glasgow. All his mates are down here. You know, who's to say he doesn't work out for him and he ends up coming back to Millwall? You know, would you like to live in Glasgow? Not, not particularly. I've never been Glasgow, so I can't pass judgment on that. But I'd rather keep the home comfort of South East London. Don't worry about that. Kai, Lovelace, <laughs> anything you want to add on to the conversation before we move on to pre-season friendlies? I'd say more of the... I'm going more for the... Obviously, the conversation fee as well. But I'm going to go for more of the, the time and effort the coaches have put into developing him. Mm. I mean, you know, it's great and how much effort they've put into him. And, you know, it's obviously it showed making that debut so early. Mm. But you just feel like that sort of was kind of all wasted, isn't it now? Like, it's a bit... It's no real point. kicking the teeth, yeah. Yeah, because like, yeah. That, that, that coaching could have been on someone else who could have been the next big thing for Millwall. Yeah, but, but you could, you, you've got to also think that maybe it was a bit, you know, if you look at it on a cynical brain, did they play him in the first team? One, because obviously we had a few injuries and we, and we didn't really have a lot to choose. But did they play him thinking that if we get him out and get him on the first team against the Prem team? Because it was against Crystal Palace he made his debut, didn't he? Um, Coventry. You know, Coventry. And um, and and would he potentially, you know, would he potentially then sign a pro deal? Do you know what I mean? So maybe maybe it's a gamble what didn't work out, but hey ho, that's you know. And again, that these are questions that hopefully will be answered um, on a show we've got coming up for you. We definitely dangled the carrot in front of him. I think that's for sure, but mm. didn't really work out in the end for us. And I mean, yeah, I think the worst from the club said it all, and it painted the story that yeah. we all kind of know didn't work out. The club's devastated about it and really disappointed about the news, but. We wish him well, I suppose, because he's still made at Millwall. And I think he joined the club when he was 13, he said in his Instagram post. So um, it's a shame. But there we go. We move on from that. Um, I was going to do parts, but we've gone on for about 55 minutes talking about transfers, which is great, lads. But let's wrap up and talk a bit about pre-season. Mickey, up first on Tuesday night. We're all going to it. Dartford, look forward to it, mate. Yes, mate. Yes, mate. We'll have a few beers beforehand, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, no, it's... Uh... I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good. Um, it is Dartford. Dartford's a strange place, isn't it? Um, yeah, we got Palace first. Thanks, guy. Yeah, we, well, we have got joke. Palace on Saturday, but we can't go to it, so I don't <laughs> count it. But we can watch it, I suppose. It's on Mill TV, isn't it? It's on, is it on the stream? Is it? It's on the, the stream. Yeah. So okay, we've got Palace on Saturday. Fine, Kai, you're right. All right, you're fine. But, no, no, it's Joe. It's Joe. It oh, Joe. sorry, Joe. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. But but we can't. We're not going to it, so I don't count it. But anyway, I get, we'll talk. We'll I like talk Dartford. Later. You can swap at half time. You can yeah. swap ends at half time. Okay, it's yeah. the only good thing. Yeah. Have you not been to Dartford before? I haven't. No, no. There's a, there's a fella. You just walk around. So. There's <laughs> a Dartford, yeah, yeah. There's a Dartford fan there, right? Who's got a big banner up, but he puts it up one yep. end. And then once it's half time and his team moves, he then changes with his stepladder and walks around to the other end and then puts a banner up at the other end. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Stepladder. And they behind the goal that their team's attacking, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the food. Probably. And the, yeah, and the food's yeah. not too bad at Dartford either, is it? There's a nice little... It's a nice there bar there as well, as well. That's in we're, 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 all going to good, so. we're all going to that one, aren't we? We are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we'll do, do a show after it, maybe. So, yeah. <laughs> no, no, and obviously, no, no, no. 
I'm with Omar, I've got to agree on that. I think when you're, you're yeah. at match day, you're, you're there. It's your expatriate yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. mind doing so afterwards, you're right. Yeah, you're, you're, your opinion don't count, so don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you're right, we've got Palace on Saturday. You're intrigued to see us how we fare up against Crystal Palace? Again, yeah, season, I think, but... I think they, they played Appleton Stanley, didn't they, recently? I think they drew 1-1. <laughs> So, Atkinson Stanley, Stanley, who are they exactly? Um, they they drew 1 1 against them, so I don't know whether they had their full strength team out or not, but I mean, let's be honest, they should be beating Atkinson Stanley. So, whether or not they actually play a stronger team against us on Saturday, um, who knows? But I think it's a great test for us to play against against them. Um, if they if they play their strongest team and we we play our stronger team, I, I think we'll give them a good game, you know, with the players we've got available. To, who, who want to impress and, and, and show right, that they deserve to be the first team, I, I'd be surprised if we don't um, you know, end up beating them. So, unfortunately, I'm going to miss the game. Though. I've got to go to a, a flower show. Don't laugh, Mickey. I've got to go to the, the Claygate flower show. Claygate um, flower show. <laughs> exactly. And I can't, I can't watch the, uh, the game. So, um, I'll be watching my, my phone. No doubt. No doubt it'll be replayed on your on Millwall TV, mate. So yeah, and we yeah. so we won't so we won't have Joe on on Sunday to talk about the game because he's not going to be able to see it. <laughs> I, I took out flowers, took out flowers and plants and, uh, and vegetables that are growing there. I can see. We'll we'll be having his twin. Game. We'll be having his twin brother, Chris. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, and. And I've Kai, got... I was going to say, we're not finished yet, mate. Sorry, no, no, second. before you do finish it. Yeah, I will. I know you like to have your three or four minutes at the end to talk about updates and stuff, mate. So it's all good. <laughs> no, so, no, so, you know what? I haven't got updates. I've just got, I've got a question for you boys, and I was interested in your opinion. So we will yeah, come to different. that. We will come to that. One second. Um, Kai, I don't know about you, mate, but I'm looking forward to going to the Job Surf Community Stadium next Friday, mate. Are you going to that? <laughs> yeah, mate, I'm going to that one. I can't wait for that one. Colchester um, away. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a classic, isn't it? It's a classic. You go past yeah. it on the motorway. Um, it's almost like the Walsall of the South. Mm-hmm. You go you go past it all the time. But no, I think we've got some good pre-season friendlies lined up. Dartford, Colchester, good games we can go to. Uh, obviously, the Palace one we can't, but I, I've been, you know, my Palace mates have been saying to me, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to beat you. I've told them that if we lose, it was just a pre-season game. If we win, it was the biggest game of their lives. So I've got it all lined up nicely. So I've, I've painted the picture to them. So they'll expect it on Saturday night if we beat them. So, um, and then and then obviously then we've got Ipswich to finish pre-season, but Watford cancelled there as well, Kai. I mean, do you know much about that one? Is it just they couldn't field a team for it? They got other plans or what's what's been said about that? Like I don't know. It looks like they've almost put another team on that day, which is a bit strange uh, for Watford. But I think I'm hoping we'll be able to rearrange that hopefully and get another one there. Um, but Ipswich would be a good game uh you know, to finish off pre-season and get the fans almost that last pre-season game, especially it's big at the den, it will really bring up a little bit of excitement, you know, for the new season, especially if we can get a comfortable win and the fans are starting to feel excited. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we can win that one and send the fans home happy and looking forward to the next week. Excitement at the den after beating League One Ipswich Town. Yeah. I mean, that... I'll go to that pre-season, but it's not thrilling at all, is it, Mickey? <laughs> no. Do you think... I, I think Ipswich is probably because of the Bart deal. It seems it, doesn't it? Well, if, if you read between the lines, but who do, knows? Do you guys like the idea of playing weaker opposition or tougher opposition for pre-season? Friday? Because last season... Was it last season we played Arsenal? We got trounced. Was it 4-0 or 5-0? Well, one and we were watching that on a stream. And I must admit, I was watching it thinking, as much as it was a really good run-out for our boys and we, we had to work really hard on that game, 
I just can't see how that would help our confidence going into the season when you can see like how bad we looked against them, you know? Pre-season's always shit. It don't matter, you know, really, as, as a whole, uh, you know, I might go I might go a game or, or two maybe this year. I might go one. I'm definitely going one. I might go two. But I don't, as a rule, really like going pre-season friendlies because you don't necessarily get to see the full team. They're sometimes a mix between under 23. But it does seem this year that the under 23s have got their own pre-season yeah. um, clubs as well this season. Mm-hmm. But yeah. sometimes there's a mix or, you know, you, you, you don't necessarily see the full potential and whatnot. And I've never been a great fan of friendlies. But um, if we're playing, you know, if to me it's about them getting another, you know, getting some more training and getting their self-practicing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah. I wouldn't necessarily want to do premiership, but it's a way of giving the fans something. But as we were talking before, and you know, prems do charge, you know, the clubs do charge money for yeah. friendly so you know again you've got to look at you know would you want to pay 50 grand say to play Tottenham when potentially it's going to go off you're going to get spanked and mm. you're going to be paying you know 50 grand for Tottenham to turn up and then probably 250 grand in fines so and then 50 grand know. for the old bills to turn up and, and work please, it as well probably, possibly, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um I, I'm the opposite of pre-season friendlies I actually am buzzing I'm not buzzing about the Ipswich at home game because I don't like going to watch the home friendly game personally I'll be there but I enjoy going to the aways because you see people you've not seen for a while but also you see how the team starting to take shape you start, start to see partnerships come on the pitch and it's intriguing obviously a lot of few new signings I can't wait to see where Fleming fits in Honeyman mm. fits in and also, like, you get to go to these places you don't normally go to. Dartford's going to be class. Like, I'm looking forward to yeah. that. I'm even going to go to Chelmsford, I think, to see the 23s play the week after on a Friday, I think. I've got the bug for it. And I love it. Like, you've gone two months about it, lads. Just make, get straight back into it and go full send. So, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. My, my, my oldest boy, Luke, was telling me about going to the Colchester game. And I, I, was, I was thinking, mm, I don't know if I fancy that. I can't be bothered. But then now the Watford game's cancelled. I think I just need to get another game in before the season starts. And you're right, Omar. It's an opportunity to look at the new look at the team, where players are going to play, what positions they're going to play in, you know. Um, so for that reason, I'm excited. Yes, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter whether we win, draw or lose. Mm-hmm. But you're right, just pre-season is what it is. It's, it's preparing for the season ahead, getting the fitness levels up, getting the confidence up yeah, um, yeah. and getting get the team playing playing together, you know. Go on, Mickey. See us out, mate, with a little monologue. Tell us what you want to tell us. Well, I mean, obviously, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen it. You know, it's been it's, it's starting to come in the paper. They, they seem to be kicking out a PR campaign. Reading have uh, wrote letters to 23 championship teams um, saying to them that if you promise to charge our fans um, no more than £20 for a ticket, we'll charge your fans £20 for a ticket. But I don't know if it's just me, but I've not really seen anything from the club, our club on this. I've not really seen anything from... Um, the MSC debating this and whatnot. And I just wondered, you know, what's your thoughts? I mean, realistically, is it profit before, you know, fans? Is it is it the clubs saying, you know, why haven't we why haven't we made the decision yet to do it? Or are we going to? Which again, you know, we don't know. But to me, surely it's a no-brainer that you, you just go, all right, we won't charge your fans more than 20 quid and you're not going to charge our fans more than 20 quid. And hey-ho, I mean, what is Reading? 30 quid? It's 20 quid. It's, it's normally it's 20 quid, quid, to be fair. It's, it's, it's one of the cheaper away days. It sticks in my memory as one of the cheaper tickets to buy. Do you know, it's double-edged for me, right? I, part of me thinks, yeah, it's a brilliant incentive. Everyone should sign up to it. I think from Millwall's point of view, 
And they always talk about this when we get promoted from League One to Championship. And I know Kevin has said it before. I remember Andy Ambler saying it before as well when he was a CEO. They love it because you get, instead of 400 Oldham fans anyway, and you've got 2,000 Derby fans, not anymore, but you've got 2,000 Championship fans there that are always going to buy the tickets and sell out. When Coventry come, they always sell at the top. You know, all these sides that come down, Watford mm. will sell out the top tier against us. Like, these clubs always bring big numbers for the away followings. So I think for Millwall, they look at it as we can make some money here. So like, it's a hard one to justify. I'm kind of thinking in myself, like it's great incentive from Reading, but then why don't Reading just say we charge 20 quid and we'll top up the rest and buy the rest for our fans. I, I don't know. It's like, I agree to it. If everyone signs up to it, it's perfect. But the Premier League all agree. And Vito, I mean, 20, 30 is plenty, isn't it? For the away games. Yeah, so I mean, it'd be great to see 20 is plenty in the championship. I, I, that'd be great. But yeah. I think, I think Stoke pay for all their away fan coaches. You know, there's, mm. there's clubs that do incentives. I think if Mill don't agree to that one, it'd be nice to see Mill do some sort of incentive instead for their own, which is why like, I think it's a bit cheeky from Reading to it's great incentive, but not everyone's going to agree to it. So I don't know. It's, no, it's that's it. One. And I mean, the problem is now is I think Bristol said they're not doing it. And once you've got one not doing it, you're going to potentially have others. I mean, I just, I was just interested, you know, realistically, is it, you know, I've, I've, for some reason I thought Reading was more expensive, but I'll look into it and see what their ticket prices are. But it, it seems to me that, you know, what we're probably going to charge more, aren't we, for, we're probably going to be a lot more than 20, 20 quid anyway. I think it's £27 um, pounds to come in, or maybe 30 quid if it's a Category A, yeah. obviously, isn't it? So yeah. 20... Leeds was like it's just, yeah. yeah, that's exactly. when it, I think that's when it's a joke. When teams charge over 30 quid, when the champ, when the mm. Premier League is 30 is plenty, that's when it gets a bit silly. Um, and it's great from Reading what they're trying to do, and I'm for it, but I, I don't it's know. Just it's just following your teams away from home and not cheap because there's lots of other things included. Do you know what I mean? Like train tickets petrol, everything else, and you just think, you know, realistically, you hear all the bullshit, didn't you, where they go, oh, well, admissions, you know, especially within the Premiership because of the TV rights, that they don't really need the admissions as such, that it's the other money will make all, this, all the money for us. When, you know, to take a family to football is pretty much more than what it would cost, you know, or the same amount to take your kids to fucking Fort Park for the day. Do you know what I mean? It's... I've got it for you, mate. I paid I, on the 24th of February on a Thursday. I paid £20 to go watch Mill versus Reading. So potentially it's a PR, it's a PR trick. It's always to... been a thing, it's always been a thing they charge 20 quid. And I think they've always honored that if clubs match it, which Mill, I think, have done, obviously, if that's the case, then they do it. Like but I how said, are they going to charge you more? Then? What do you mean? So they'll charge you more if they don't honor it. So say if Mill, say if the Reading fans come to Millwall. Yeah. And we charge them £27. They'll then go, right, Mill fans going to Reading have to pay £27. That's what they're saying they'll do. But if they all then agreed to the charge Reading fans 20 quids, when we what, go to Reading, we'll pay they, 20 quid. What are we paying them first at their ground before they come to ours? What happens then? Do they stay at 20 and then just hope that we match them? Or... <laughs> Question, <yeah. laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm for it. It's a good initiative. But I think it's got to be from the EFL to say, right, 20 quid for all the way fans. It's nice mm. Reading are trying to do it, but I think they should just turn around and go, should right. should be all the clubs. Yeah, but all the clubs so, will agree to it because, like I said, like, think about Wigan. Wigan's got a five thousand away end behind the goal. When Wigan played Burnley, Wigan want to pay. Wigan want to charge twenty five, thirty quid for their tickets because they know they'll sell the away end out. It's the same when Preston comes to town or Blackpool. They're, they're, these rival games, mm. they're going to get a five thousand away fans behind the goal. Well, well, they well, want to try and capitalize on the revenue. I think you do it by categories, and maybe you know you use category A, B, and, and twenty is is the kind of the the, the lower, and 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 maybe twenty five or thirty. For the, for the the big games, yeah, but then the, but then their safety their safety committees would just put it into a higher. 
higher category, so that you know you, you, they won't be able to do it. But I, I agree, you know, thirty is plenty, twenty plenty for for the championship. But you know, mm. so yeah, no, look, I just thought I'd ask the question. That was it. Do you know what I mean? I just I, for some reason in my head, I thought they were like more than that. But you know, it's just. The cost of football is a joke. I think I've paid 20 no, quid to absolutely. go. Oh, I, think, I think it was 20 quid to go and watch Bromley play last season at one point when I watched a game there. And the same when I went mm. to a Dagenham game, 20 quid to watch football what, like, at a conference. Like, what's dot, the dot for? Is that 10, 10 pounds? It's 10 pounds for the friendly, yeah. Okay. But even then, like, I think we're all doing a friendly against um, Ipswich and charging a tenner. Like, it's good. Yeah, like, it's cheap. But, as well, yeah. but like, why not a fiver? Or if you're a season ticket holder, to get mm. all the fans in there, just give the season ticket holders a free game. It's like... I, I, don't, I don't know. Do, do, do kids go free? I can't remember if the kids go free for friendlies, do they or not? I think so. I think a five mm-hmm. after kids. So, yeah. Again, that, that's yeah, missing an you know, incentive there as well, aren't they? Getting the kids in for free. Adults mm-hmm. will have to go with them and pay, of course, full price and get, get so some that's more. It. That's it. Just, yeah. just one other thing before we that's, go. Sorry. On, um, if you... If you do you know what I reckon by the way if you look at the metrics this is where everyone turns off I think I'm pretty sure yeah you know I'm going to cut this I'm going to cut it and put it to the beginning um, <laughs> listen um, uh, Sandy if you if you're a writer or an up and coming writer um, and you want to get involved this year with writing stuff about Millwall and all that lot get in touch with Kai because he's looking for some writers um, so yeah you know for the website and stuff so if you if you're not too bad at writing and you fancy um, having a go, or you think you could have a go, then uh, get in touch with young Kai, and uh, and uh, he will he will set you a challenge. Do you call yourself an up and coming writer, or do you call yourself an aspiring writer? Is that the better word? Aspiring writer, up and coming writer, up and coming podcaster. Am I like a bit kind of you know? But yeah, that's what Mickey's saying. Obviously, there for our website, the thatmillpodcast.co.uk. Check it out if you're not checked out already before. Um, Anyway, I think we've come to an end. Mickey, you sure there's nothing else you need to say before we go, mate? Or you're all right? All good? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got well, some big announcements coming. So oh, we, well, I, I, I can't, can't yeah, get rid of them now. We don't care about the outcome. Can't get rid of them now. No one cares. It's all right. I don't care either. <laughs> Mickey, Mickey, thank you for being on the show tonight, mate. It's a pleasure as always, mate. It's my fucking show, you can. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> oh, someone told me that the other day, it's and I'm like, no, it's not. Show. It's Milan and Omar's show, and they're yeah. like, no, no, no. Until me and Kai take over, eh, Kai? Yeah, <laughs> <the> revolution. <laughs> but Kai, thank you, mate, for always being on the show as well, pal. No worries, mate. Enjoyed that one. And Joe, thank you, mate. Enjoy the flower show on Saturday. Thanks very much. <laughs> and I'll be, uh, and I'll, 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 yeah, put my, my, my knowledge to the test uh, when I next speak to you, and my, my, uh, my flowers and my, uh, vegetables that I'll be learning about while I'm there. That's it. Well, look forward I, to hearing all about it, mate. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> well, that's us today. Be different, easy life, have your family, eh? <laughs> well, that's us for tonight and that's us for today. Um, enjoyed that one. I think we're getting our little mojo back for the season. So that's edition number three of the 22-23 season. And Mickey's showing off his cap. I'm sure you'll hear about, more about that in future weeks. He says he's got nothing else to say anyway, so I'm going to cut him off and not let him say it anyway. Uh, and we're going to go. Cheers, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you later.
insurance. Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. <laughs> Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor, that RV's flatlining! Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. <laughs> The first cup of coffee, it was awful. Meet Rod Johnson, co-founder of Black & Bold, a premium specialty coffee and tea company powered by Shopify. The journey of Black & Bold started with us opening our online Shopify store while we were burning beans in my business partner's garage. Shopify allows us to stay true to our mission by having an easily customizable and responsive site. They make it very easy for novices to try their hand in becoming entrepreneurs. I was able to do it without any technical background and I I'm very grateful for Shopify. My advice to anyone thinking of starting a business is to just start selling on Shopify today. When you're ready to share your business with the world, grow it on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform trusted by millions of businesses like Black & Bold. Get a free 14-day trial at shopify.com slash free22 and start selling wherever your customers are with easy-to-use tools and friendly 24-7 support. Go to shopify.com slash free22 right now. Shopify.com slash free22. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.